Welcome to Sonata Secrets. In this episode we'll have a close look at Chopin's famous raindrop prelude with those repeating notes representing raindrops dripping during the whole piece. So this is from Chopin's set of 24 preludes, opus 28. It's number 15 in D-flat major, it's the most famous and also the longest prelude by far, like the other ones are really short. And there's a nice backstory to this piece. So Chopin had trouble with illness for a lot of his life, and at this time the doctor ordered him to go to a warmer climate, uh, to get away from Paris uh, in the cold winter. So in the winter of 1838, he went to Valdemos in Mallorca in the Mediterranean. So he and his partner Georges Saint and her children were there and stayed in a monastery for some time. And it was in this time that Chopin wrote some of the pieces in the famous set of preludes. I've actually been to Valdemos and it's now a museum showing where Chopin stayed for that one winter. And I must say there was an amazing view from the terrace outside his room where he stayed. You could see like the valley and other buildings on the side. I mean, that must have been a great inspiration to composing. Anyway, Georges Saint writes in a diary entry about one time where there was a bad storm outside. She had been out and when she returned to the monastery, she found Chopin in a kind of feverish state. And Chopin had had a bad dream about drowning in a lake. And then he had translated that dream to music. And part of the dream and the music and also what Jogson found in the monastery. There was water dripping from the roof somewhere in the building in a continuous rhythm. It doesn't say exactly which prelude it is, but it's generally accepted to be this one. And that's how we got the name Raindrop Prelude. And the Patreon shout out in this episode goes to JK, a Patreon sponsor on the Sonata tier. Thanks so much for your support, JK. So all of these preludes as miniatures typically revolve around one idea. And here it's this repeated note in the left hand. In the beginning it's more in the background in the left hand in the accompaniment and uh, this very nice soft lyrical melody in D flat major is the main attraction. The left hand follows the melody in sixth. A nice uh, counter, counter voice underneath. And then we get the second phrase the same as the first. closing on the tonic instead of going to the dominant as the first phrase. And now we're gonna get a little bit of modulation to some different keys here. This is like G flat major. And going 
here to A flat minor and now we, when we get to the minor tonality it already feels a little bit darker. to B flat minor instead. Now the repeated note is moving around a little bit sometimes. Now it's uh, on an F, but uh, it gets back to the A flat pretty quickly. This dissonance. back and we're back to D flat major and this lovely melody that comes again to close the section this ornamentation is like the other, going the other way now it's going up uh, the first time is it's uh, the second time it's so it's ending with a question mark like an open question on the dominant where is are we gonna go and then the middle section starts So this section is much darker. It's in C-sharp minor, which is basically an easier way of spelling D-flat minor. That would be eight flats. So we switch it to C-sharp minor, but we're basically going from D-flat major to minor. And this repeated note, it's the same. It's just played by the right hand now uh, instead of left hand. And the left hand plays these melodic lines uh, really dark underneath. Like uh, this lugubrious is a nice word for this. It's like you can just barely feel the melodic contour. This is actually horn fifth. back down, left hand. So now we get the repeated note in octave, so it's going, growing more insisting here. And now we get the start of the crescendo. finally leave this repeated note of a D sharp 
and the repeated note is moving upward to a B and we get major chord fortissimo and this amazing like a big bell is tolling or something oscillating but back to minor and the tension and back to piano and now actually this whole phrase starting piano and growing is repeated exactly the same two times so let's just jump in at the climax something new is growing out of this and this is like a new section as my I think it's my favorite part of the piece because it's slightly more fluid it's not as rigid as before and we get some really nice suspension and melodic lines here Again, the repeated note is moving and that's because it's so rigid it's always just uh, pulsating on that one note when it moves it's like opening up a new space well it's just moving to the neighbor notes but it's this uh, super nice major seventh chord back to the dark, uh, deep register. And here I try to bring out a melody that's in the middle of the right hand, so not the G sharp, but... The middle voice, because it's similar in a way to the left hand here. some relationship there and now again this and now with crescendo suspensions and going here it's like it's trying something new here we desperately want to get out of the G sharp uh, space It's not really succeeding, always falling back to it. Until. So here we get the repeat of the first section in D flat major, and that's because it's such a long time, this middle section of the minor section. I mean, it's all about creating an atmosphere, playing this, and it's really meditative music. You can just 
you know, come into a state of mind of listening and hearing those pulsating notes. But then we kind of leave that state and get back to the nice melody. Uh, so it's the bad dream that Chopin was having. We have the dream and then we're kind of coming out of the dream here when we get this again. For the final time of this ornamentation, we get both of the versions from the first time they're together, so it's an extra nice uh, ornamentation. Chopin Delicacy. And Smoltzando is dying out, and then suddenly. It's solo for the right hand. So we kind of, we need to to uh, go down in energy level, so we get this like a signal. And we're going down to a lower register, where, I mean, the piece is almost over now. Some final cadence chord. really ending in a securing way in the nice major. I want to mention two other pieces in the repertoire where there is one fixed note and then harmony shifting around it. The first one is Ravel's Le Gibet from Gaspard de la Nuit. It's a pictorial representation of some bells tolling in the distance in the form of a repeated B uh, in a certain rhythm and that's repeated for the whole piece and there's some really cool French dark harmonies uh, creating a great atmosphere in that piece. And the other one is a Brahms third violin sonata in D minor in the first movement there. In the development the piano plays a repeated A for the whole development and there's different harmonies around it. It's a really cool effect. So the Raindrop Prelude is a really nice piece with these several sections providing some kind of narrative going from light in the beginning to the darker section of like a bad dream and then ending on the light side again. And it's almost like a nocturne. It has a lyrical melody for a nocturne, but it's slightly too rigid with this idea of the repeated note. Nocturnes always have more room in the left hand, uh, more fluidness in the accompaniment. Now I give you Chopin's Raindrop Prelude.
Thanks for listening. Check out my other episodes and also check out my Patreon premium subscription model at patreon.com slash sonatasecrets.